Welcome to the Joy Felipe Bruce podcast. Sister Joy Felipe is a daughter of Bishop Dag Heward Mills and the senior pastor of the Fountain of Life Cathedral of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. The Fountain of Life Cathedral is a thriving church of young, energetic people full of life for the Lord. Sister Joy is also an itinerant minister of Dag Heward Mills Ministries. She travels extensively, holding pastors' conferences and bringing ministry-related books by Bishop Dag Heward Mills to the nations. She is the evangelist of the Blessed Salvation Crusade. Now be blessed and refreshed as you listen to this inspired message by Sister Joy. Hallelujah. Oh, put your hands together for them. God bless you. What a powerful time to be in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be in church? Tell your neighbor, I am not, I mean, I am not missing at all. I'm at the right place at the right time. Hallelujah. The Bible says the steps of the righteous is ordered by God. And I believe that it is God who has ordered your steps here. So if you find yourself here, you are in the right place, and it is God who has brought you into his house. Hallelujah. Amen. Powerful. God bless you, dancing stars. Powerful, powerful. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. From, I mean, Fountain of Life Gospel Choir. Just a powerful ministration. Put your hands together for them. Hallelujah. We want to go to our scripture for the week. Hallelujah. This is a very powerful, powerful verse that if you really will memorize it and go by it, I believe that our lives are going to be changed. Hallelujah. Please, let's turn our Bibles to Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Whoa, put your hands together for ears joy. Hallelujah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, good. So Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Let's say it. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Let's say it again. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that, I'm reading the first part, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. So we are going to say the first part, and they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Firmament is like heaven, the blue sky. Wow. So let's say it. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Let's go. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Munkanedin. What's that? So let's say it again. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Let's go. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. Let's say it again. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And the second part says, And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And let's say the second part. 
and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars and ever. Hallelujah. So we went to say it all over again. So when you say the verse first, the address first, the verse, and then we say the address again so that we will remember it. Okay, so let's go. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Let's go. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Let's say it again. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Let's go. Verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Amen. Okay. So we are going to say it again. Okay. And then we'll close it and then we'll, we'll say it. Okay. For the last time. Let's go. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Let's go. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Powerful. So I want all ladies to say it as we close it. Okay. So shall we? Okay. Is it off? No, it's not. I see. So let's go, ladies. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. No, no, no. We'll say it again, ladies. <laughs> let's say it again for the last time. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Powerful. Gentlemen, let's go. Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Let's go. That be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Daniel chapter 12, verse 3. Put your hands together for yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell your neighbor again, you are the right place at the right time. And you are in the best church. Because we have one of the best pastors God has given to us. Hallelujah. Amen. And this morning, we are blessed again. We are blessed again to have our pastor right here in our, in our midst to preach to us if the anointed words of the Lord is being brought by an anointed servant chosen by God himself. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put our hands together for our pastor. He has joy. Put your hands together for him. Just lift up your two hands this morning. I love you, Lord. For your mercy never fails. All my days, I've been held in your hands. 
From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God
for your goodness, Lord. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. God has been good to us. Amen. I said God has been good to us. Amen. You want to take your Bible this morning and let us make our confession? If you came without your Bible, please find a Bible. Buy a Bible. A hardcover Bible. Amen. Because some of you, your phone is a contaminated instrument. Apart from that, if the Bible is only on your phone, you won't read it much. Lift it up, let's go. You want to say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Do you want to take your seat this morning? Hallelujah. Are you glad to be in church? Oh, are you glad to be in church? Powerful. I want to remind you that this is our month of evangelism in this service. And there are so many things that are going on. Amen. This past week, you had outreaches where? You had one. One at Garden City. Uh, MC was preaching. It's too powerful. Wow. Wow. Some of you, you are waiting for us to anoint you before you go. And then you had an outreach where again? And, and you had at a pimso. So the part of the church that is at a pimso, they also had their outreach. They too, where are their pictures? Or they, they, they don't have pictures? Oh, hey, my boy, hey. Uh, whoever is in charge of them should know. Please, your picture is out of order now because we, you should have had a pimso pictures also up. Amen. And so I pray that you also belong to a part of the church that is bearing fruit. And if the part of the, of the church that you are is not bearing fruit, you have my permission to cross over. Hey. Amen. Do you understand when I say crossover? Find somewhere that there's activity and there's life. Hallelujah. Are you there? Because some of us will be, some people believe that, oh, when I come and I sit on the chair, I'm warming the chair, it's enough. It's not enough. Don't hype yourself at all. It's not enough. Hey. Are you there? Hey, the church has become quiet small. Small truth, we are saying, no, you are quiet. It's the word of God, though. It's not me. Yeah. It's not me. Hallelujah. Are you there? And you see, especially in this service, I just want to say to you that don't use your circumstances to determine what you do for God. Just serve him anyway, okay? As for circumstances, they are not kind. Are they kind? Ah, they are not kind. If they were kind, you will not be the week that you are not well. That's the week that they say that the bosses are coming from somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. So you have to be there. Or you don't understand what I'm saying. And then you have to, in your, yeah. You see that things are knocking things. I was talking about a friend of mine who had a difficult pregnancy and was brought from missions. Come and rest and have your baby. Then she came said, Father is terminally ill. I mean, why can the two things not be separate? Oh, you don't get my point. At least do this one and finish. Then when you finish this one, then... But life is not like that. Amen. And that's why this month I'm encouraging you that in the middle of your busyness, in the middle of all that's going on, 
just force and do something. Hallelujah. Were you happy that you forced and did something? You did something. Yeah, she sent me a text. She said, it's even raining as if it will not happen. But rain or no rain, at least some 35 souls gave their lives to Christ. I mean, I think it's very, very, very powerful. Very powerful. Are you there? Tell your neighbor, watch out for me. Watch out. Watch out for me. Watch out. Me too. My pictures will be functioning very soon. Uh, 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 Tim, have you told me that you are going to do something again? I've not heard of you. Is that what? 16th. It's a Friday or what day? What are you going to be doing? You are going to Atasafo. Charlie, the grace of God is with you. The preaching shall be. Wow. It's nice. Amen. That's why you should belong to something. It's easier when you belong to something. Those you are with will help you. But in case maybe the way life is right now, you are not part of anything, you two do your breakfast meeting in your house. Go out with your somebody and preach to the person. Are you, are you getting me? Do what you can do where you are. So maybe it's lunch break. Every lunch break, you have just been going with your friends. You are chatting. But target a lunch break. And target somebody that you are meaning to be with, to witness to and take the person for lunch. And then as you are eating, wait till the person is chewing the most succulent part of the day. Say, hey, look, I actually want to ask you something. Do you know Jesus? Have you given your life the best of time? <laughs> what did you say? Amen. Are you understanding what I'm trying to say? It's easier if you are part of something in the church, a basanta or a basenta. But I'm saying that even if for some reason you are not, don't let it be the reason why you have closed the door. This month, do something. Are you there? This month, what? Do something. Hey, do something. And this afternoon, I'm going to be preaching to you. Well, it's almost afternoon, 10 to 12. It's not a long message, but it's very, very important. Amen. What will happen to you when you die? What will happen to you when you die? Many of us, you see, there are people who make plans for when they die. But Africans, we don't, at least Ghanaians, I don't know about Africans, we don't like looking ahead. Especially when the thing is not nice. We do like it doesn't exist. Oh. You are quiet as if you are. <laughs> Please, Corona, is that not how we were doing it? It's like we can't, the thing is not, we can't look at, we just do as if it doesn't exist. But whether you do like it exists or it doesn't exist, one day it will be your time. And when it's your time, there's nothing you can do about it. This morning I was recalling a very interesting story that Bishop Freddie told us when he came here to preach during the Art of Evangelism conference. I just enjoyed the story. And it's a story. What I'm about to share with you is real from Christ. But let me tell you the story first. He brought us a story about a man who was in his house, a young man. And one day while he was in his house, he heard a knock. When he opened the door, death has come. How many of us know that death it comes when it is time? It's not... You know, there are some of... In Ghana, they can even be finding the reason why an 87-year-old woman died. They are going... Oh, The person died because they are old. Okay? It's not every death that something, 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 something. Ah! <laughs> are you there? So they come. The man started to cry and beg. They said, no, 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 please. When it is time... 
You just, it is time. And it, look, look at my list. Your name is the first on it. So today, there you are going. The guy thought for some time. They said, okay, okay, I'm coming. I'm coming. Uh, look, let me just do something and then I'll go with you. So you just come and sit down. Quickly went to organize some fried rice and some chicken with cook. Hey! Cook with ice, you know. Uh-huh. And then what to make it slide? Okay, a straw to make it slide. He brought it. He said, oh. Then they said, what is that? He said, oh, this is what we've been eating on. And I thought, let me just give you something before we go. And death had never been said before. Because normally when it visits the house, it's normally butu-butu. So he sat down, he ate the thing, he said, hey, is this what human beings have been enjoying? And he ate the fried rice and he chewed the chicken and he drank the, he said, hey! You know, sometimes when you finish eating, sleep begins to come. Some of you, you are sleeping in church every day because at 10 o'clock you have eaten something. Hey! So, are you there? So, death began to feel sleepy. So death slept. And while death slept, the young man came and took the list. Took a pen and he cancelled his name from number one. Said they say he's going because his name is number one. So he went and put it at the bottom. Honey man called him. Then death woke up. When death woke up, he stretched it. Hey, I've not experienced this one before like this. I'm also going to do something I've never done before. I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. I will not start from the top of the list anymore. <laughs> I'll start from the under. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh! <laughs> hey, hey, Mobawa. In other words, when your time has come, that is it. And I agree with you, we don't like to dwell on these things, but there are times when we must talk about something is important. If it was not important, Jesus would not have spoken about it. Amen. And he spoke about it because there's nobody, very few people will go to hell and return. Just say, when you die, you are there. That's it. So you know, you cannot come back and tell the story. So we need somebody who knows it all to come and tell us what goes on. And then we too don't just say that we're not open that side of the Bible. Hey. Are you there? Please, you can replace it. He put the Hebrews verse back. He says that. No, let's go to Hebrews. You got that it is appointed unto men once to die. After that, the judgment. So it is like whatever we do, we will go. We'll go eventually, sooner or later. Usually we pray that it is later, but the truth is that sometimes also it's sooner. You see, so rather than running around and fearing death, because some of you is that fear of death, you have gone to all kinds of places. Hey, am I talking to you? Am I talking to somebody in the house? All kinds of places you have been there, and as you have gone to the place, you have gone to try and get some help so that it will not come at this time. Death, when it's coming, it has come. Mm. Mm, can pray, but one day we'll wake up. So rather, let us learn what happens so that we make sure that we have organized ourselves well. Hallelujah. Let's read Luke chapter 16. 
starting from verse 19. Amen. There was a certain rich man which clothed, which was clothed in purple. I really love the scripture for evangelism, but today I'm talking to you about hell. <laughs> from the same scripture. Was clothed in purple and fine linen and fed sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his gate full of sauce and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sauce. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments. Do you see that? In hell. And seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. And send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. He said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses, no, no. Okay, let me read the last verse again. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Hallelujah. Now, this story, we normally use it um, in terms of evangelism when we're telling people it's important to be born again. But today, I want to ask to do a study on hell from here. Because if we don't look in the Bible, we'll believe all kinds of things. For instance, there are people who actually believe that hell does not exist. I wonder why you would think that. When you yourself on this earth, somebody has stolen you, said they should jail the person. If you don't jail the person, that means that in heaven there has to be jail for such people. Hmm. Oh, you're not understanding what I'm saying. We cry in all our unrighteousness. We know that some things you can all go to the same place. There's a place for particular people, and even in the prison cry, there are levels. There are prisons that they will allow you to come inside and come and preach. There are also some prisons, no Charlie. Maximum security is not an easy, easy place to go. Are you in the house this afternoon? Am I speaking to somebody? So why do you think? then that hell does not exist so that what should God do with you and that's why I'm sharing this word with you because you should not knowingly go to hell at all or unknowingly you see ignorance is not an excuse even in Ghana law even in the law written by man you cannot say oh I didn't know I didn't know that it's not allowed for us to kill people I didn't know that it's not allowed for me to take somebody something. No, 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 no. It's not a defense. They will still jail you. So let's look at some things that happen when you die. 
so that you have learnt it. I like such messages. I hope you are scared. <laughs> the first thing, number one, <laughs> when you die, you go to heaven or to hell. <laughs> Tell neighbor, choose your choice. <laughs> hey, one of the two. There's no option. You cannot say that I'll remain on earth forever. It's not an option. Whatever you do, one of these days you will go. And we see in verses 22 and 23 of our scripture in Luke 16, we can see it that they died and they, they went to places. The beggar died and he went somewhere. And Lazarus also died. And the rich man died and he went somewhere. I need to point out very quickly, before you start to say that, oh, it's only rich people who go to hell. I need to remind you that Abraham died as a rich man. And he was in heaven. So that's not the point. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's what, that's not the point. <laughs> Amen. If you go to heaven, you'll be taken there by angels. They will escort you, some angelic escort. Amen. That's what the Bible tells us. The beggar died and was carried by angels into Abraham's bosom. But where is Abraham's bosom? I don't know. Maybe it's the name of a street. I don't know. I don't know. But that's what the word says. Are you there? So that's where he went. So if you die and go to heaven, angels will come and carry you. And the truth is that there are people who have seen them at their end of the end of their lives, and they'll tell you that, oh, the angels are coming for me. They are coming for me. Release me. Allow me to go. Yeah. Are you in the house? If you go to hell when you die, you'll be met on arrival by some evil spirits and some other dead people. I thought you would be quickly saying minus me. Hey, minus me. <laughs> and you can find something about this in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 9. Hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. Hey, as you have decided that me, I don't like heaven, I like hell. Hell has risen up to say, come, come, we're waiting for you. It says, it stirreth up the dead for thee. So some people you knew who have died. Let's go and receive him. Let's go and collect hair. Even all the chief ones of the earth, it tells you that many chief people are going to be there. Many major people will be there. It has raised up from their thrones all the kings of the nations. You know, as you aspire to great things, you must aspire to great things and aspire to remain in the Lord because you can see that there's a certain way that greatness can cover your eyes. Yeah. Some of you, when you were small in your own eyes, you used to work for God. Now, the, the, the little that you have seen in Korea, you have become too great. No, but what I'm saying is true. When you were small in your own eyes, you were not too big to work for God. But now, small blessings that you haven't seen much of. At least as far as I know, to the best of my knowledge, there's nobody in my church who owns a jet. as their personal property. Yeah. So I've not yet seen any wild levels of wealth. Yeah. So the small that you have seen, Kekia, you have already stopped serving him. Hey. Hmm. Merci. Are you in the house? <laughs> So you should see that it is very easy and, and that is what disturbs the West. Those, the countries, the, the rich nations. It's like we are wealthy, we don't need them. 
We don't need him. And before you are aware, they are just, you know. Sometimes I think our poverty is a blessing. It just keeps us holding on to God. Yeah. And they rather think we are unfortunate. Well, time will tell. Mm. Amen. When you die, you will go down if you are going to hell because hell is below. <laughs> yeah, the scripture that we read, it says, hell from beneath is moved for thee to meet thee at thy coming. Hey. Our scripture in Luke 16 says that the rich man, he looked up. So he was down there and looked up and saw Abraham and the beggar. Hey. Amen. Are you in the house or your travel? The way you are quiet, I wonder what you are thinking about. The next thing I want to share with you is that when you die, you will discover that you had an inner man. The inner man is there. You are just not feeling him. He all this while he was there. And that was the part of you that was in there somewhere. Hey. Sometimes you can go through experiences that make you aware that there's something inside you. Yeah, make you a bit aware of it. Amen. Yeah. One of those experiences is a broken heart. Come, he said, I've got a broken heart. You know that something in there is broken. But if it was your physical heart, Anka, so you know that it's not a physical heart. But the thing is actually, <laughs> it's actually paining you. In fact, you can even get sick that I have a broken heart. Then you know that there's something inside me. Hey! Sometimes, too, when you have an operation, you know that you went somewhere and a part of you was awake. Hmm. And you are not able to say what it was, but something, something, something. Well, Jesus is aware and he was the one telling the story. And you see from the story, he says that when the rich man was in hell, he lifted his eyes. Which eyes? I thought we buried him with his eyes. Hmm. And he says, as he was looking and he could see Seeth Abraham afar off. Hey, I thought we buried him when he died. I thought we closed his eyes. Sometimes they even stitch the eyes closed so that they will not open. You'll be looking at the corpse, and the corpse will go. Ah! <laughs> so they even stitch it closed. But this man was looking with his eyes, and he was seeing. Verse 24. And he cried and said, I thought we buried him with his voice. Or do we take out his voice box before we buried him? I'm not enjoying your response. I'm asking you. Hey. <laughs> There's a soprano singer, so we left them with the voice. You go and sing the soprano up there. Hey. Mm. And he was able to say, have mercy on me. Then look at it. Then he said that, send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger. So Lazarus had a finger. <laughs> Did we cut off Lazarus' fingers before we buried him? I'm showing you that there is something inside you that looks like you that is you. And when your body is not there anymore, that you is what is there. Hey. Let him dip, dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Which tongue? So before they bury the man, they remove his eyes. They remove his tongue. They say, no. No. Inside of him, that's his spirit man. His inner man. The one who when he's born again is different from when he's not born again. 
I'm talking to somebody. Some of you who like to say that when you are sad, no, you say you kill yourself. I'm happy to inform you that when you are done with your body, there's a part of you you can't kill. It's still alive. And it can still feel. And if you are going down to hell, you will feel it. Hey, Radie. I, look, just, just, just put your hand on and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy. I will not go to hell. I won't go to hell. <sighs> Even as I'm preaching, it is too much for me. It's too much. <sighs> so when you're on this earth, I say, I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I want to poison myself. Really? Because nowadays, this young generation, I don't know what is in your mind. Small, no, some small issue, you no. Know, I can't take it anymore. I want to do that. What, what, what does it mean? Hey. For as long as you remain alive, there's some hope you can do something about it too. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I'm just quiet. One day I was remembering some young lady who sent me a text that she was about to kill herself. <laughs> that she had taken a knife and she was going to kill herself. Why are you announcing it? And I remember I jumped, and then I remember that when the LP unit said to me that, oh, mommy, it's not serious. I said, really? Why do you say it's not serious? She said that, oh, Ghana girls, don't use knife. <laughs> she said she said she was going to poison herself. You should jump. But if she says knife, Ghana girl, no. Oh. If you're sitting by a Ghana girl, ask her, is it true? <laughs> hey! If you go to hell when you die, you will find yourself in a prison where there is endless, unimaginable distress and torment. <sighs> With intolerable agony. Look at what the man said. I am tormented in this flame. The flame cannot be put, out, put off. I am tormented here. I wonder why you would want to use your life as an experiment to go and see whether it is true that you will be tormented or not. I'm talking to some people who say that, oh, there's no hell. Please, oh. I was telling the first service that experience is the teacher of fools, oh. It's a saying. They say what experience is what? It's a, the best teacher. Who told you that? It's not true. Experience is a very wicked teacher. It has, look, it is a school. It has a lot of teachers. There's no shortage. The only problem about it is that you may not live to come and tell. Yes. Experience. You won't learn from somebody's experience. You won't allow yourself to be advised. There are some of you who want to pass through yourself. Yeah. Some experiences, when you come out, you're not the same again. Some of you young people, you, are, you want to experience what it is to smoke weed. Really? The mad people you see on the street, they are not enough for you. Oh, but my brother has been smoking. Nothing has happened to him. But you don't know your own. I'm talking to some young people today. Was it not the same? I want to experience it. 
that made you go and open some pornography page that today you are crying that I want to stop, I want to stop, I don't even know. Is it not the same? I want to experience. Ah! It's not everything that we have to experience. You'll be talking to a young lady, you tell her, listen, at this age, you are too young to have a relationship. At this age, do not connect yourself with this guy. He's not going to, and she will stand there, she will look at you and say, eh, you dear, because you are old, you don't understand, I don't understand. Okay, go and experience it. Hey, you don't understand, I love him. I love him. Hey. You say you want to experience it. You experience it live. I'll be sitting here. Hmm. Are you in the church or not? And I'm saying that how can you live your life saying that you want to wait and die and go and experience whether hell is really true? Because you know some people have been saying that but Mali is there, there will be reggae, there will be parties. Have you seen any of them come back from there to tell you that? But Jesus who has been there and the Bible says that there is nothing that was made that he didn't know about. And he is telling us the story and describing hell. And you are discussing. Nobody bores me more than my colleague scientists. If you say that you are a scientist and you have logic, you yourself use your logic to think about a few things. And you will come to a conclusion that there is something you cannot explain. Ah, so many things you cannot explain. They have done research all these years as we are standing here 2021. Up till today, they cannot tell us exactly what triggers a woman's delivery. Till today. Till today. They have investigated it out. Some things you will never know. They have gone to the moon and back. They cannot tell you the final trigger. They'll tell you that, oh, the stretching of the womb. But the womb has been stretched over the past nine, month eight and month nine. Nine, she has been walking around looking like a house. It didn't trigger. What finally triggered? They say, oh, if you walk for a long time. Oh, she has been walking for a long time. It didn't trigger. What made it trigger today? If you say you are a scientist, you must understand there are some things you cannot explain. Explain to me why a white man, his skin is white. It's different from me. But if you cut here, the muscle you see here, if you cut him, it's the same muscle. Explain it if you can. You have to understand that something larger than us is working. Hey, something we cannot explain. And that something we cannot explain says that there's a place called hell. <laughs> hey, and that in that place there's torment <laughs> and then you say no use your life and experiment I, mean, I cannot <laughs> mercy in that place there is torment the rich man said I am tormented in this flame wow are you still in the house when you die, you will remember everything that has happened on earth. Hmm. Because he remembered the, 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 the beggar. He remembered him. 
He also remembered the fact that he had five brothers who lived their lives like he did. I thought you said, oh, when you are done, dear, it's over. It's not over. Your physical body may be over, but there's a part of you that will live forever. And that part of you that lives forever is either going to be in heaven or is going to be in hell. And the choice is yours. It is entirely your choice as I'm preaching to you this morning. Whether you will go to heaven or hell, it is your choice. It's not dependent on how you look. Whether you are fat or you are thin. How I thank God it doesn't depend on that. (laughs) It doesn't depend on whether you are rich or poor. It doesn't depend on whether you are educated or uneducated. It doesn't depend on that. Hey, can you not see the rich man in hell? If he depended on money, do you think he will be there? Some of us, when God blesses us with small money, then we forget ourselves. Hey, small money. Hmm. Are you in the house? Hey. <laughs> small money. Hmm. When you die, you will discover that there is a big gap between heaven and, and hell. Today, as you are alive, there's no gap. It's no gap. Today you can choose to stroll into hell or choose to stroll into heaven. It's your choice. Entirely your choice. But if you wait until you die, you will suddenly discover that after death, what did Abraham say? There is a great gap fixed. Give me an easy translation so that those who cannot speak this King James will understand. Hmm. <laughs> Brother, it's the wrong scripture. I guess. Move on. You want the right scripture, then you went back. Yes. Besides, there is a great chasm. <laughs> it's worse than the gulf. Eh? <laughs> Which one is better? Gulf is better. KB, what other word do you have? Hey, all of them are not making it easy. A chasm is a, it's a, it's like a space. Yeah, it's a great space between us. So that, who is this? DRB. Please give me another one. There is a great gulf fixed so that they which will pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us. In other words, those who are in hell who now want to come to heaven, they can't come. And those who are in heaven who see their beloved or their mother or their wife or their sister, say, I want to go and rescue them and come, they also cannot. Hey. Look, that's why this month of evangelism, you should take it very seriously. Because many of us are surrounded by people who, I mean, we should have shared with them. We should have been part of their story unto salvation, but we are not, our mind is not on it. Hmm. Are you in the church? Yeah. I'm just sharing something with you. Hmm. It says that there's something in between us. Today, there's nothing. 
as you are sitting here in this church right now there are people on their way to heaven and people on their way to hell and there's no difference between us we don't know who is going where we are only hoping and praying that we are all going to heaven but we don't know it for a fact and after being a pastor for some time, I can tell you that not everybody is going to heaven. Because some people, you will hear the message over and over and over and over. But you won't give your life to Christ. You'll just be there. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. And then you wake up and say, that, oh, me, I was born into the church. You were born into what church? God does not have any grandchildren, including you. He has only children. Which means that you must do your own giving of your life to Christ. You can't come and tell me that because your mother was a Christian, so are you. Because your father was born again, so are you. No. No, 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 no. So you bring your children, we bring our children to church because we want them to be exposed to what we are exposed to in the hope that as they grow, when they are young, you are covering over them. But as they grow, they must make their own decision. You must decide what you are doing. Some of you, you have been in church for a long time, but you are just fooling with it. Just moving around it. It's like nothing. Hey! It doesn't make any difference. So today, there's like no difference. But one day, there will be a difference. One day. You can't move from there to where I am. I can't also move to you. I can't say, oh, Lord, that's my church member. He was in church for 14 years. Every Sunday, never miss. Please allow me to go and pick him. Please, he used to do that. Oh! Tell your neighbor is non-scoring, non-scoring, non-scoring. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. Hey. We have people in the church today who are even thieves. And you come and you'll be stealing as if nothing is happening. Uh, you want to test me? Leave your phone and see. Just put it down. Just put it down. Say, I'm going to pee and come. Put it down and say, that. let me go and give offering and come. And that's it. And you see that the thieves have come to town. And it's like it's nothing. Today it's like nothing. Oh. But heaven and hell. At a point you can't cross over anymore. So you'll be still and be joking. One day you can't move again. <laughs> no, it is true. It's true. We have whole areas of Kumasi where everybody's a thief. Whole areas. Yes. Yes. The whole areas in Accra, the thieves are there. Yeah, I had church members who used to live in the, in the thieves area in Tamale. Yeah. And when you are going, you say a prayer. That you don't walk on the wrong side of the road at the wrong side of the hour. Hey, are you there? Recently, I was trying to call Pastor Joe. I called him, I called him, then he sent me a text. Then he said, I am in that place in Accra where thieves are. When I come out, I'll call you. Yeah, please, you cannot be walking, holding your phone. Hello? They will slap you and collect your phone. You nah. Hey. But one day, there will be a difference. Today, there's no difference. When you're walking, you see, you cannot tell a thief by looking at him. No, no, no. They look normal. Some of them dress like students, folk. He just thinks another student. Oh. But I'm saying to you that you need to make up your mind before time. Mm. Mm. Yeah. This guy came to a place where he will now remember that his brothers were like him. 
and they had lived like him which means that they are coming to the same place and in verse 28 he says for I have five brethren let's go to 27 let's take it from there then he said I pray thee therefore father that thou wouldest send him to my father's house you see he has realized that they cannot bring him the water are you there have you noticed that he was asking only for a drop of water in the first service I was trying to pour a drop of water it was not easy for me that's why he asked for a finger it's only with a finger that you can drop drop I don't know where on earth ask your neighbor where on earth do they serve the water in drops uh, ask your neighbor where, where on earth where on earth one of the places the worst places we can think of is a prison and even there they are fetching water with buckets some of the places cry, they have the water in such it. But there's hello where there's a drop of water. Why will you voluntarily go there? I don't know for a drop of water. Drop. Ah, it doesn't make sense to me. But since you want to lose your life as an experiment, you want to check it, check it out and see. Hey, no. So this man realized that where he is, his brother should not come there. You see, it is when you die that you now understand the use of an evangelist. Yeah. Because it is an evangelist who will go and tell somebody what I'm telling you this morning. Yeah. But many times we don't value them. In the book of Timothy, we are told that we should do the work of an evangelist. But we are just dead. You don't see that it's important. You don't think it is important until somebody you like is there. That's when you know. I used to have a friend, a colleague I used to work with. And he would go to church. He was a moral guy, but he had never given his life to Christ. And I would talk to him and he would make fun of it. And he would laugh. One day he fell ill and his wife fell ill. And they tried different, different places, different things. And they said, we are going to Accra to come. Let's go and see whether we can get ourselves some help. So that we, not knowing that both of them had contracted HIV. And this was in the early days of HIV when there was no medication or anything. So we were in Tamale when we heard that his wife had passed. And he brought her home and he came. To, so when he realized that this is it. He knew that he too, he's going the same way. So, I was there one day when I heard that this, my friend, has returned to Tamale. And he was somebody who I worked with a lot. So, I said, oh, if he has come to Tamale, I have to go and visit him. Sick or well, I have to go and see him. It's not like today when you hear somebody is well, you say, I won't go there, it may be Corona. <laughs> but I said, hmm, as I'm going to this place, the descriptions that I'm hearing the way I hear he has lost weight, I cannot go there and cry. So I called a friend. And I said to my friend that, let's go and visit this guy. This was a friend with whom we all used to work together. He said, it's a very good idea. Now I was thinking to myself, the last time I tried to share the gospel with him, he was well and he was strong. So he was laughing. I mean, and he was saying things, you know. I say you people these modern day church you know that kind of talk but I said to myself that now that my friend knows that he's facing death maybe he will 
change his mind or maybe it will work. So let me go so that I'll preach the gospel to him. I'll share Christ with him. So I called this friend. I said, will you go with me? He said, you got it. He said, deal. Tomorrow we'll go. I'll take you to the place because I didn't know his house. I said, good, I'm waiting for you. And the more I began to get ready. And as I got ready, suddenly I got a phone call. It was from my friend. And they said, he's gone. He's gone. Immediately I began to cry in the house. And I said, ah, I should have gone yesterday when I thought about it. I should have gone. Maybe if I had shared the gospel with him, I would know for sure that I would meet him in heaven. But because I was waiting for somebody, because I was thinking about myself, because I was thinking about how I would feel as I went, I didn't go and I delayed it for 24 hours. I didn't know that his exit date had already come. His appointment with death had come. You'll be sitting and be watching. And you'll just be saying that tomorrow is like today. And so you are saved. But what about the other people around you? What about your workmate? What about those you are working with? What about those who are around you in your house and who you see every day? Who you have not bothered to share the gospel with? Are you waiting until you get the kind of message that I got? For you to now start crying, say, oh, God have mercy on me, don't require his blood. You are now crying. The man had died. He now knew the use of an evangelist. Some of us, when we are getting up to come, we don't even care who is in the house. Say, oh, this is my brother, he's some way. He's some way, but maybe if you invited him, he just might have come. Sometimes the person is someone that you are not able to share the gospel with. So you just need to get him into a place where he will hear it. That's all you need to do. I'm waiting. He now said, eh, please, can you send Lazarus who has died to my father's house? If, if they, if they uh, hear him testify, you know, then they will believe so that they will not come to this place. And that was when they heard it that, no. Whatever they are going to hear is from what is on earth. I came to tell you and to tell myself that, look, right now, the population that is on the earth, you know, it is up to this generation to win this generation of souls. Not some other generation. Not some other generation. I'm talking to somebody. Town church, we are the slowest growing part of the church because we are occupied with things that don't matter. We are the slowest growing part of the church because, oh, we work and we have children and circumstances. I can't struggle with your circumstances. But that's why I said for one month. For one month in your life, forget about yourself. And for one month in your life, find a soul who needs to hear the gospel from you. From one month out of 12. Share it with somebody. Talk to somebody about Christ. Don't let them just go to hell like that. Don't wait until they are gone to now say, are they born again or not? The things that we have occupied our lives with, they are fleeting things that are passing. But salvation is eternal. It is eternal. Salvation, where a person will spend the rest of their lives. Oh, I'm waiting. By this time, I finished my course. How many people who you were destined to win would have died by next year? 
Oh, let me sort out this pregnancy after that. Really? Because of your child? Pastor, you don't know how it is like. I don't know how it's like, really. <laughs> Maybe we, we gave birth to, to Lizardo. I'm sharing something with you about about a person's soul when you begin to look at what God puts by a soul his estimate, you realize that it's worth everything and your little excuses they don't matter in the face of what it means God would rather that you are tired so that somebody will be saved yeah that you are not well but you are forcing because somebody will be saved because when we don't do, who should do? There are people who are around you or they are for you to win. Yeah. They are for you to win. This man is now in hell, now trying to say, send an evangelist from, he- from heaven. There's no evangelist coming from no heaven. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are the neighborhood evangelist. You. Turn to the one on the other side and say, you are the neighborhood evangelist. Hey. God has even maneuvered to put the people who are around you, he maneuvered to put them there so that you will go and preach to them. Hey! Are you in the house or you have traveled? This afternoon, I want you to seriously think about it. It's just one month. And I'm asking you to just do your best in one month. Just do your best. Hey! Just do your what? Just do your best in one month. For one month, forget about your selfish self and your useless excuses. Pardon my language, but don't pardon it. It's quite deliberate. (laughs) I'm preaching. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's eternal end depends on you. It depends on you. I said it depends on who? On you. And there is something that you can do. Never believe the lie that there's nothing you can do. Never believe it. I was in my kitchen when my, my first child was four years old. And he was standing behind the kitchen and playing with his friend in the snow behind the kitchen. And I heard him talking and I was quiet. And as I listened, he was asking his friend, a neighbor there, a neighbor son. He said, do you know Jesus at the age of four? It's not a clapping matter. I'm just saying to you that even as a four-year-old, God was using him to talk to another boy. I said, wow. If a four-year-old who doesn't understand many things can preach, what about you? What about you? You have understood things in the world, Papa. You have understood a lot. Hey. As for today, you are going to preach <laughs> this month. You will win the soul. And you will bring the soul to church and establish the soul. Because Jesus said, you see, for you to understand something, he said that, he said, I have ordained you to go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit shall remain. So it's not just bringing fruit. But it shall remain. Hallelujah. Well, there are also some of us who are in the church. You have been coming, but you have not given your life to Christ. Today is also your day. 
to give your life to Christ. Some of you have been coming, but you are not sure of your salvation. Because you now, you know your life. <laughs> How I thank God, it's not according to money. But that is free. So it's a free thing. Grace is free so that nobody can boast. In John chapter 3, there was a leader of the church at the time who didn't know anything about being born again. You see why you shouldn't come and say, oh, me, I've been in this church world. You know, it's not my church. In John chapter 3 and verse 3, you people fast, please. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. You see, you come with religious nonsense. Meanwhile, then you have a real burning question. Jesus pushed it aside and said, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. It was Jesus' words, not anybody's words. If you are not born again, you won't see God. You won't see him, that's all. You won't see him. Wow. Take me to Romans 3.23. My preaching is ending. Romans 3.23. Are you people alive? All have sinned. Please tell anybody, including you. All have sinned and come short of the glory. So that's why it doesn't depend on anything that we do. As we have sinned, what is the penalty for our sin? Take me to Romans 6.23. What are the wages of sin? Hey. But what is the gift of God? Eternal life. Through who? Yeah. Hallelujah. So instead of you dying for your sin, he has died for you so that you will come and say, I have received the eternal life that Jesus has given me. Simple. That's all. That's all. That's all that's needed. That one too you will not do. Ah. Romans 10, 9 and 10 as I close. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's what this is all about. That is why every Sunday we have an altar call. And the altar call is just to give you an opportunity to say, I'm standing here to confess Jesus. That's what to some people, but I can't stand by my chair. You stand by your chair. Tomorrow morning, the devil will pay you a visit. And he will tell you that, hey, nothing happened though. As you stood there, nothing, nothing. <laughs> because that's his method. That's how he does his things. But when you have come to give your life to Christ, you are able to point at it and say that, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior on this date. 4th of July 2021 in the presence of other witnesses. Lady, lady, lady Reverend Humi is my witness. Lady Pastor Yvonne is my witness. Mommy is my witness. Awo is my witness. Pastor Danny is my witness. In the multitude of the believers, there's no way he can take it away from you. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. And this afternoon, I want you to consider your stand. Have you given your life to Jesus? If your time to go is now, where will you go? Heaven or hell? I've shown you that the two of them exist. Which one will you go to? 
as you are standing, I want you to consider yourself. There are some of you who you have given your life to Christ before. But the truth of the matter is that you are not sure where you stand right now. Because there were ten virgins. All were virgins. All ten had oil in their lamps. All ten fell asleep and all ten woke up again. Five made it, five didn't. It tells you that you cannot just give your life to Christ and then you just be walking something, something. So as you are there, as you yourself look at your life, you are not sure. Am I, am I born again or not? Is my name in the Lamb's Book of Life or not? There are also others who are, you have never done it. You've never done it. And there are also some who, you are in the church, but you have thought to yourself that it was the church that saved you. And today I'm telling you that no church can save you because no church died for you. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, today is your opportunity before we think about anyone else or we think about you talking to anybody else think about it yourself are you born again if you are not let's just sort it out this afternoon in these few minutes as every head is bowed every eye closed you are there you realize i need to give my life to jesus i need to be sure i need to be sure i'm not sure but i need to be sure i want you to lift up your right hand i want you to lift up your right hand where you are standing god bless you don't think about your neighbor don't worry about your neighbor just lift up your right hand we're going to pray together we're going to make that confession that will make you sure if your hand is lifted up just come to me we're going to pray together just come God bless you. Just, come. just saying i'm not sure am i going to go to heaven or not just step out of where you are leave that friend who is trying to hold you back and just come just come, we're gonna pray together. It's the blood of Jesus that washes us. And it's the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. We cannot buy it. We cannot pay for it. We cannot earn it. It is free of charge. I'm talking to somebody. Your heart is beating. And you are bargaining and arguing with yourself. But that beating heart is the Lord Jesus telling you that all is not well. I want you to step out of where you are. I want you to leave your friend that you are with or your family that you are with. Just come and stand in front here and give your life to him this afternoon. I'm bargaining for you because Satan is also bargaining for you. As he's standing there saying that he is mine and she is mine. I want you to just take your life out of his hands and bring yourself to the front and give your life to Christ this afternoon. Come and confess Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us pray together. You are standing in front here. Let's pray together. You want to say, Lord Jesus, I come to you today as a sinner. Please wash me in your blood. Cleanse me from my sins. Please write my name in the book of life. Lord Jesus, at the end of my life, I want to go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to go to heaven. And so please, I receive your gift 
of eternal life. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you for paying the price for me. Thank you that when I die, I will be with you in heaven. Father, I thank you for each one of these young ones standing by in front here. I pray for them that you will preserve them whole and saved. And Lord, even as they have given their lives to you today, may they never go back. May they never go back. I thank you for the grace. I thank you for the mercy. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We believe that you have been blessed by this message. For more information, you can follow us on Facebook, Fountain of Life Cathedral, and on Instagram and Twitter at F-O-L-C-I-D-S. God richly bless you.